What's up, RB? I'm Dave Mannon, and this is Kylie Lindquist. We are back in the RBTV podcast studio for a special episode. Before we welcome in our guest, um, I'd first like to read a short statement to provide some background on our topic today. I'm all ears. All right. Um, so today's topic um, is about RBTV in general. I would have drum rolled you if you would have given me a chance. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> RBTV was constructed in the 1980s, 1980, 1981. The interest in TV was already present in the area. With a makeshift studio and secondhand black and white equipment, students from RB were producing class projects and had initiated a student news show. We can relate because that was the boom of technology. I know you probably had a technology class or two in seventh, yep. sixth, seventh grade. Yep. Um, I did as well. Um, and so there was definitely a need there. And at the time when the local communities were negotiating with cable companies, RB administrators challenged the media staff to push the limits to investigate the future ways that television could be used to improve and impact education, especially in the age of cable casting into suburban communities. That's wild considering where we're at today with digital media. Yes. Uh, the Metro Vision Cable Company, later purchased by Media One, funded the direct playback to Brookfield from RBTV and grants from a number of sources, including Jones Intercable and the RBEF. The Educational Foundation have provided additional funds throughout the years uh, to help with ongoing expenses and upgrades and without their funding, and all the telecasts and everything that they have done, um, I don't think this would have been possible. Um, so we want to thank them. And of course, the local communities have been very supportive of the RBTV in general. Um, life has been very exciting at RBTV throughout the years. The studio has become unparalleled uh, as a technical teaching tool at RB in addition to many classes, um, which used to facilitate tape projects, uh, students in TV classes, um, are learning technical and writing skills while producing shows they know the public will see. RBTV has established a YouTube channel as they advance throughout the years, uh, which is youtube.com slash myrbtv, where viewers can watch new and old programs. And recently, RBTV has joined the Roku app as another streaming option, and you can search um, VillageStream to watch it 24-7. Deep breath. That's a lot. A lot. 1981 um we you and i are the same age 1981 we were about three years old correct uh so rbtv has been around as long almost as we have been alive more so um and all of the things that dave just shared for you are a fraction of of what rbtv really is or means to i think the community of rb um my first experience um, coming to this school as we came in together um, almost, what, eight years, almost going on nine yeah. years ago, yeah. um, was, wow, I'm astonished that there is a, a media program um, such as this in a high school setting. I was blown away, and I, this was probably the biggest takeaway, um, the facilities here through RBTV for me in my first experience here. Yeah. How about you? Um, I don't even know if I remember my first experience on RBTV, but I, uh, I remember seeing it and I've noticed, I've been thinking about RBTV a lot recently for lots of different reasons. Um, it's in the heart of our building that literally feels like when you sit in RBTV, you are at the center core of RB and the whole building kind of, uh, moves around you. It's like, you know, it's like the sun here in the in the center, even though it's kind of dark in here. But right, it's in the very center of our building and it's like RBTV, everything else builds out from it. 
And I think that's a really great metaphor for kind of how I have viewed RBTV since we got here as sort of one of those foundational pieces of what makes our school our school. Mm, Good segue. Foundational pieces. And if you haven't guessed it right now, one of the foundational pieces and or slash creator, developer, innovator. Um, Our guest today is Gary Prokes, the founder of RBTV. So we're going to have you welcome yourself in, Gary Prokes. Thank you for having me. Today's podcast is about you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Is it true, Gary, that there have been only two people at the helm of RBTV in the last 50 years or so? Um, Kind of. There was a media director. Her name was Dawn Heller. She oversaw the whole area. And then Luke Palermo was the first um, teacher AV supervisor here. So those two were here when the cable companies came in and uh, began to franchise out, you know, all the communities around here. And the superintendent at the time was uh, Dr. Trost, and he's the one who said, you know, we need to take this to the next level. Mm -hmm. So there was framework for a lot of this early on. And so we're talking about late 1970s. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that we're sitting in the first television studio space today. Is that where we are? This right. is Dave's favorite space, podcast <laughs> studio B. So, is that what you call it? Studio B. <laughs> studio B. So this was the control room. Wow. So the glass here looked out into what was just a black and white television studio. As wide is this space. Wow. If you, you all it. can't see where we are sitting, but we are in... I mean, this is like, I mean, Gary has bigger closets than this. Of course. In the building to house all of his treasures. <laughs> right. Um, it's a tiny, it's a tiny, it tiny space. It was really small, right. And they did a little news show in mm-hmm. here. So the, the, the back half or the, the back third of the big studio was the, where the little black and white studio was. Back and so in everything that has come, that has grown past that is mm-hmm. you. Right, more or less. Yeah, they, when I got here, the, the large studio was here. Okay, got it. It was relatively new. Yeah. It was like 83-ish, yeah. 82-ish. And then I got here in uh, 86. So it seems like priorities in education change a lot, but from your perspective, um, has there ever been a wavering in in priority for RBTV? I mean, has every administration kind of seen RBTV for the gem that it is? And no. or have you had to fight any uphill battles? There's been there was one huge battle. Um, I don't remember the exact year, but it was under the, the Lacrone administration where they cut everything. So this Got was it. gone. This was all gone. Nothing. We just closed the door and they we locked it, it up. They shut it all down. Right. And then in the 11th hour, somehow they brought it back. But I had my rip letter. I had. You were ready to take I your stuff and ready leave. Ready to go, right. The AV associate was gone. They were going to shut it all down. So that was, a, that was a dark, dark moment. When was that? What year was that? Do you remember? Well, I know it's it a long time ago. Probably somewhere in the 90s, yeah. obviously. Somewhere, probably the early 90s, I think, maybe 92, 93. Do you have any insight on what? What happened to to bring it back? Did they was there? I don't really know, okay. to be honest with you. Okay. It was a decision, obviously, behind closed doors. It was the board of education, and I remember being in a meeting, and you know, like like twenty five year teachers gone. Wow, you know, it was a really horrible time. It was a dark time. It was very, it was a very emotional time. Everybody was, it was a lot of upset. Wow. Yeah. School enrollment, I would imagine, had to be five hundred or less. 
It did drop down to like 700, maybe 600, I think. It was a really, and then parts of the school were leased out, wow. you know, to generate some cash. But um, those were tough times. And I, it was, and like I said, I, I was, saw, I saw the writing on the wall and they said, you're, you're done. You're shutting it all down. And, um, you know, we're ready to pack up. But wow. somehow we were brought back and it's been pretty steady and, and uh, very supportive since then. What was your role when you came in? Was it a media specialist or technology? It was the AV TV supervisor. Okay. So um, I was responsible. It was a lot different, obviously, than it is today. I mean, we had a dozen 16-millimeter projectors on carts. <laughs> wow. And we had film delivery on a daily basis to all the classrooms because there was no VHS yet. Sure. Right. So it was so on the had, reels. Yes, it was yeah. 16 millimeter films. We had about a dozen projectors on carts and the, those were shared. So yeah. there, you know, it was somebody's full time job to move projectors all around the building, make sure the teachers had their films in their classrooms wow. the, the day before so they can get them queued up and ready to go. And then we would have students also help with, the, with moving things back and forth between the day because 16 millimeter film was the only media that this, we had access to. Uh, for the teachers to use in the classroom. And sound film strips, sound film strips were really huge back then. I probably, you probably don't even know what those are. No, is that where, There's yeah, a, I think I watched those actual, when I was in like elementary probably, school Probably, so those, yeah. we had, those, we had like 50 of those things. Wow. And some of them had records. So the the, the audio portion was on a, on, a, on a disc still. So yeah, it was very And here we are with this podcast mic and you have the controls out there, right? Like the evolution right. of the technology is so crazy. It's been huge, yeah. What did you, so what did you train to do and what did you do before you got here? So I was working in the industry before yeah. I got here. So in what capacity? I was, I worked in broadcast. So I was with at KCCI TV Des Moines for two years. Uh, production office or production um, mm -hmm. production work, and then um, came back here, and I worked for multiple cable TV companies producing local programming. So I did that full time forever, and then a position opened up in Western Springs. They were looking for a community television producer, uh, access person, and so then I did that, and then got a call actually mm -hmm. and they said would you be interested in a position here yeah because the tv was starting to blossom and and so on and so forth and so i said sure and so i came over here not knowing that teaching was going to be part of the the package so you hadn't even teaching wasn't on your radar probably not, not at all yeah just producing yeah and so it was interesting when i started um we were team teaching actually Okay. Um, and so I didn't have the proper certification, but I had the, the knowledge base. Yeah. So there was a team teacher uh, in here. So there was two of us, and that lasted about a year while I got my paperwork pulled together because I was it was my certificate is based on the 2,000 hours plus. Correct. The industry and the industry credentials yeah. with the endorsements from employers. Yeah. And so that took a little while, and then once that was. Uh, completed and I got the certificate then I was teaching on my own so I didn't have the formal teaching you didn't go through pathway. student teaching you didn't right. do no, all of those things here you, you go do this yeah, now. yeah dropped in your lap basically yeah wow yeah. but it seemed to work and, mm -hmm. I, and I liked it and it was good and I um, it was a little different you know than what I was used to because I wasn't used to teaching and working with young people I've always been working with adults and yeah. you know in, the, in a professional environment so that was a <laughs> It was challenging at first. Sure. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So at the onset of, um, what did you call it back then? It wasn't RBTV. Um, no. Um, I don't know what it was called back then. <laughs> it was just the TV thing, right? It yeah, was just yeah. the, TV they had studio, a t- right? right, and there wasn't any really formal... Cl- well, it was in, at the beginning, the classes were taught after school, so there was no curriculum okay. for TV during the day. Wow, it was all extracurricular initially. Yeah, so it was, uh, there was a, a 90-minute class on... Mo- there, was two 90-minute cl- there was two classes on Mondays, one from four, from 4 to 6 wow. and one from 6 to 8. So we did two wow. two sections of TV on Mondays. Then the kids would come back in here during the week for their lab time. So it kind of all balanced out hour-wise. Um, but that's how I was handled for many years. Yeah. And then at, at some point, we moved to the day. Got uh, it. Yeah. You you know, know, it was a gifted program at the beginning. So right. it was a gifted. It was an enrichment type right. of situation. Exactly, right. When you look at this area, western suburbs in general, and the association with uh, technology and innovative products and development, I mean, you had Western Electric, um, you had AT&T, Bell Labs, and I think <clears throat> that, at least this is from my upbringing because I was around it, um, as my dad worked for you know companies in that area doing some of that work, um, innovation, technology booms and I think there was a push through the state to really um, infuse technology related programs in schools and I don't know if that was the motivation for RB to start something like this but I think we're ahead of the curve I think with cable coming in at the t- at a particular time that was what motivated the school to push in this direction yeah. because the cable company was coming in with money they were coming in with, um, you know, um, the equipment to support that, and lo- producing local programming was um, kind of a new thing, and so the superintendent said, you know, we, we need to capitalize on this. Let's let's you know let's see how we're, where we can push this. So he was really, in, you know, I, I don't know where this would have been if the if cable TV hadn't come in and really supported and poured a lot of money into it. I mean, they may had something still, but. The cable channels. I mean, for a high school to have to be on a cable channel and have its own cable channel is unheard of today, um, and that's only because the franchises that were uh, written early on uh, required that both LT High School and RB High School both have their own dedicated channel that they could program from the school. Wow! And that's you can't get that today. I mean, the, no. having a channel our own channel on a cable system is and it's not generating any money for the cable company it's it's not for profit but they could put something else on that space and earn money and earn a lot of money so yeah. they're required to do and plus yeah so so that's been really really great and early on it was a real novelty because you know you can go home at night and you could see your show right right and that in the early 80s and so on and so forth that was really really cool I think it's still super cool. Well, yeah. I mean, people are stopped and, and so on and so forth. Um, but um, I think the cable was really the the key motivator, and it was very instrumental in making this whole program really blossom. I have a friend whose dad has 
you know, been in and out of the hospital a little bit and he goes to LaGrange Hospital. And every single time he's in the hospital, I get a message from him because he mm. sees yeah. he sees shows that I'm on sure, from yeah. RVTV. It's like his favorite right. thing. Right. Um, and he's from the south suburbs, so right, right. was like, What is what's happening? How did this <laughs> how are you on my TV when That's I'm so in cool. yeah. um but it's, I, I had no idea what you just told me. That's very cool. So LT and RB are really some of the only people that have that. Yes, yeah. And, awesome. and, and at the very beginning, when uh, Metrovision gave the school a drop, they were only on two hours a day. So okay. they actually, from this room, so they actually had a, they would lock a kid in here. <laughs> Sounds, Seriously, that sounds like okay. a DCFS call no, today. Right. <laughs> they would lock a student in this room okay. from four to six. Yeah, and then the kid would leave it and lock the door when he left. And there was these large machines in here, and he put a tape in the machine. Oh my gosh! And press play, yeah. and then it would go onto the cable system. The rest of the time, it was electronic bulletin board, so it was just like, you know, coming up today. Yeah. Is, here's the here's the menu. Uh, here's the, what's happening tonight. And so that ran twenty two hours a day. And then the ta- cable TV stuff came in just for two hours. And how long do we run now? 24-7, right. Yeah. So then what I, I bought when I first got here, I said, well, we need to expand this because this is, you know, why, nobody wants to watch electronic bulletin board. And if they do, they're only going to watch it for a minute. Right. Okay. We need to put shows on. Yeah. So I bought, and I still have it. It's a VHS machine that plays for like six hours. Yeah. And we were creating these VHS tapes with six hours of programming. So it went oh. from, when, and then it would rewind and play it all over again. Okay. So that was how we could expand our broadcast date to 24 hours. And let the kid out of the And the kid, room. that was gone, right? He I couldn't just, be there for 24 no, hours. No, no, right. So that was gone. We just went automated with this wow. little VHS deck that ran all the time. And we just create these new VHS tapes with new programming. And it just ran and ran and ran and ran. So yeah. that's, yeah, so... So that was interesting. So that's still a part of what you do now is set the programming for our, our cable channel. Right, it's all digital now, right? And yeah. so now, and when we play, and so now it runs twenty four seven, but it's a little bit more fresh, and we, we you know, sure. so it's, it's a lot easier actually. Yeah, but it's drop and drag. Even though you had twenty um, four hour programming, you had things on a loop. You still created some live experiences for students, though. Yeah, not live like we do today. Like live audience type. Yes. So we would do, it, we did a show um, in the early, you know, I think in the late 90s, in the we did a show in the auditorium. Um, actually, we did a show in the little theater and filled it with an audience, and it was with Steve Dahl, a radio personality here in Chicago. And he came in and did a show with one of our students, and they were on the stage, and we actually really, we did fill the little theater, and that was live to tape. Yeah. So we a did, live studio audience, live studio audience, yeah. live on tape, right? And then we didn't we didn't really start broadcasting live events really until into the two thousands. Okay, um, where we would do the basketball games because um, it was a major undertaking to do any event around here live to be able to get the signal back up here. Yeah. Because we're, tr- we're talking a lot of cable and all that. So that was a huge thing. But when we did the uh, fiber in 2008 or nine or whatever that was, it's just, Your pl- it's just plug and play. Yeah. It's really great. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it really is. And now we stream board meetings live. Right. We you know do 
a variety of sporting events. We it's yeah. all over the place, right? And it's all because of the fiber. It makes Absolutely. it so much easier, and it's really you know opened up a lot of opportunities. And we've won awards, you know, Absolutely. with with the with the live uh, event coverage for sports. So it's really great. We've won awards for all kinds of things, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. those awards. That's one of the most impressive parts of walking in the the entry of RBTV, the Crystal Pillars. Yes, yeah. certainly. Uh, can you just share what is a Crystal Pillar for people that are listening that aren't sure? Can you talk to us about what that means? I know that's kind of the most prestigious one. Yes, right. So that is the Crystal Pillar is um, supported by Natus, and that's the National Association of TV Arts and Sciences, and they do the Emmys. Yes. Um, and so they have a division for high school students, and they call it the Crystal Pillar, but it has kind of like the Emmy uh, statuette, you know, carved mm-hmm. into, the, into the pillar. And so at, uh, in the spring of every year, uh, in, in connection with MMEA, which is another high school organization, um, they have this award ceremony. And uh, the students prepare their awards and send them in uh, for judging and... Um, they have a, uh, a, a festival in the spring. At, we've had it at Nico Valley now for a few years. And they come there and they present these awards to these students. And it's a crystal pillar. Is, you're not supposed to say this, but it's sort of like winning an Emmy at the high school level. Yeah. It is the highest level of an award that a student can win. Yeah. And so the students really put a lot of energy and they, you know, they try to win you know, in that, in that, uh, uh, that award um, every year. And we've done fairly well. For the school of our size, you know, we've been averaging a couple of crystal pillars, sometimes more. A year. A year, yeah. And so that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive, and, and, yeah. And it does carry some weight on transcripts, and it opens up a conversation if they're going to a college or university, and they say, well, I've won a crystal pillar in Addison. And that says something for their efforts, for Absolutely. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sets them up for what they want to do next. Yeah. And we should mention this year was banner year for those accolades, those recognitions, those awards. Yeah, we won some pretty key awards this year, like best high school event coverage for basketball, mm-hmm. best news. We don't do a news sequence here. We um, this is not enough time, really. And uh, but I thought maybe we should try doing it. And I did it over a period of a couple semesters, and so we did a news show this year, and we took it took first place. And Fantastic. we don't do it on a regular basis uh, by any means. You and have so schools that are putting news out every day. They do. It's or part weekly. of the. It's, it's a curriculum. curriculum. It's a it's a class. Right. right. And you just went right in there right and in took there. that award <laughs> right <laughs> out from under. Them. I was actually very surprised. I was like. Well, I think we have a chance, but you know, the, some of the other schools that have won it repeatedly over many years, uh, like Crown Point, got a real strong news program. Yeah. Um, Nequa, yeah. Um, Deerfield, uh, and these they go back and forth all the time for the for the the coveted sure. news program. Yeah, and then here's Harvey, and there we are. Comes in and blows it out of the water. So that was kind of cool. That's very apropos. It was nice. Appropriate, if I'm mm-hmm. Michael Scott. That's right. very apropos for you, Gary. <laughs> Thank you. To sweep in, and take the key award it was it was kind of cool and then the news talk, then the sports talk show then we've had uh sam megan and jake o'brien yeah. doing sports for the last yes. four years and they wanted they wanted to win the event coverage so bad yeah and they were working so hard to do that and this year we did everything we possibly could we pulled out all the bells and whistles <laughs> the replay you know the, the the player profiles and stuff and so they did win this year and that was a real goal for them that yeah. they wanted to win plus two years in a row best high school sports talk show so that was kind of cool 
So yeah, it's nice, it's and, and those two, those kids will go very far in the industry. I was going to mention, let's highlight those names um, and come back to them in sure. five years because right. they're going to yeah. be right. uh, going places. Well, Sa- well, Sam Egan, he he was uh, admitted to that really um, small, highly coveted uh, sports program at Ball State. There's only 15 students across the country that are allowed into this program. <laughs> And he was one of them this year. So he's going to go places. He's good. He's really, really good. That's that's the the pinnacle of what we as educators look to do, um, provide experiences, opportunities for kids to flourish in various avenues. And that's what RB is, you know, and I think it's a melting pot of a whole bunch of different um, programs, areas that kids can get involved in. And um, we heard a story last week about um, the live audience. productions that you did and a, a student was saying um, he had me calling he just gave me a list mm-hmm. of like 25 30 people in the community here you go i need you to fill this audience mm-hmm. right <laughs> and and to put that on a student who is not comfortable um and getting them comfortable and then seeing that result i think that's what rbtv is and i remember my first experience here too is throw a camera in your mic in your face and it's away you go mm-hmm. um and just kind of like expose them through the application process just right. doing it um and so not only are like sam you know a great example of that but students behind the scenes not necessarily in front of the camera and all the experience there i don't i can't count on um, either hand how many students that you've had that have gone on for um whether it's editing or um, producing producing or any of those areas in film, the film or uh, right. media industry. It's, it's there, fantastic. There are a lot of very successful graduates out in the industry um, and very prestigious production houses doing really, really great things. So it's nice. You know, and I, I always looked at myself as sort of like a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, here I'm giving you guys all these resources, okay, and, you know, and this is what you can do with them. Yeah, and you can make it right what you want to make it. Exactly. And then you know, some kids will just go through and, you know, experience it. But then, then some of the other kids are, you know, like rock stars. You know, they're really, it's in their blood, right? They really love this. They really like to do this. So They it's, just needed that facilitation. They needed the tools. Right. They needed exposure to what this is all about. And um, so that's, that, and it's it's been great. And, I and, you know, the school has supported this. You know, we're not a huge school. We're not the 4,000, like at Anikwa no. Valley, we're 1,600. And for a school of our size to have these kind of resources, you know, it's really fantastic. And I know that a part of that, certainly, I've never seen someone do so much with whatever resources they're given. I mean, that's Gary. That's you, right? (laughs) You find a way to make sure that the kids have the best of the things that, you know, the best podcast mics, the best, you know, all of those things, you make it happen. That's yeah. That comes directly from you. Yeah, and I try to give them, like, the best experience possible. Right. With Within means, you know, we, we don't want to have an, a budget that's just open-ended. I mean, sure. We're still, right, so um, so I, I, I think, um, like I said, I look at myself as a facilitator, you know, yeah. teacher, but I just try to, you know, capitalize on the resources and give them the opportunities. And those opportunities stretch after three o'clock almost every single day oh yeah your the hours you put into this building i mean uh Week, i don't know well it's weeknights yeah weekends yeah, absolutely no <laughs> yeah. i don't know anybody yeah. who's here more than gary and that's that connection piece because it's you know maybe the classroom training and, and different things that you're doing uh within your syllabus or in your content 
and your curriculum, but then it's the application, the connection piece after hours. And mm-hmm. that goes through what, whatever. It could be athletic programming, the Board of Education, taping every single one of those. Yeah. Um, and then recently, uh, we should mention that yeah, I'm going to let you talk about it since you're a part of it. And Gary's the first. Oh, career pathway. college and yeah. career pathways. Yeah, that was. Uh, so the ISB uh, under the Workforce Readiness Act has created the college and career pathways for students so that students can get that certification on right. their diploma so that if they are going into the industry, they're going into college before they go into the industry, um, they can show that they have completed a series of um kind of important stages in their high school career, work-based learning, dual credit opportunities, team challenges. Uh, Gary has the first approved college and career pathway in TV broadcasting in the state of Illinois. Yeah, didn't see um, that coming. No, I, I, <laughs> it was crazy when we were talking about it at the board meeting. We really didn't even we weren't in pursuit of that. We really were working with DVR to find out what kind of options we had here. And then because of the opportunities that you, Gary, have created for our students, you know, our students get paid to tape the board meetings. They are submitting for Crystal Pillars, their team-based challenges. So we had all these things in place that were already that other schools will now work years to figure out how to get those in place. And we were doing it. Right. Well, it was funny you mentioned that um, when they wanted to do the board meetings, I was like, oh, do we really have to do this? And I, I pushed <laughs> I, I pushed it off and I, and I said, I really don't want to get into doing board meetings. And finally, I lost the battle. And I said, well, it's going to be really hard to get students to come in here after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, credit, I mean, it's not. It's, it, I need something more than that. So that's when we were, we were able to negotiate paying them. Yeah. See, and so, um, so that really worked out good. And you and, always have students at those board meetings. Oh, yeah. There's never, right. you know, that's not hard to fill when they're able to earn money in, right. in what they want to do. Exactly. So that's worked out really well, and um, and it, it does help get the kids there. You know, Absolutely. There's, some, more, there's, some, there's more incentive. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the next segment. Um, and we could go on for hours to talk about RVTV. Um, but we just wanted to share some memories and some feedback that we received from teachers and just memories that we've had. And then look to you for a couple as well. Um, we received this note from a, a current RV teacher uh, that mentioned that um, when she was new to RB, um, her car was in the shop for a week and uh, she carpooled with you and another teacher. Um, and they would talk a lot about teaching, but also about the next video that you were working on, and it was always an inspiring ride. Uh, she would love all the videos and commercials um, that you created for Student Association and Community of Caring. Uh, some of the amazing videos included the uh, Welcome for Freshman Orientation, that's an annual thing, uh, Ways to Earn Bulldog Bucks <laughs> uh, videos at Pop Rallies, and even an ad for the Coat and Blanket Drive. So she- Is that Miss Ziola? That is Miss Ziola. Miss Ziola, oh, okay. there you I go. A, I don't remember carpool. Um, so she <laughs> we could have, you to, could have had a carpool karaoke situation yeah, right? going on there. Oh my gosh! I don't, even, I don't remember. We just missed the show. Special yeah. projects. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> Back in the fall. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so she just wanted to uh, thank you for your creativity nice. and uh, energy and skills, and mm-hmm. uh, they will be dearly missed. And I would like to say, I think if you haven't, if the uh, the listeners haven't seen or went onto the RBTV website. The, I think it's on our main website page as well, the pep rally video that you put together from our recent pep rally in February 
one of my favorite ones um, because one, it was student driven. The whole process of the assembly, how it was put together was student driven, but then just the way you filmed it too with the, the cam yeah, that, that was, was on the live cam that was out on the floor and just like this, the different perspectives and, and getting the entire picture of what RB is. Yeah. It was there. So that was a lot of fun. And I don't know why I didn't think about doing that earlier, but having the live camera down there does get the kids um, fired up and it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I love it. Memories from your end. Um, you know, my favorite memories of being on, I've been on RBTV a lot. That's right. been one of my favorite parts of working here. Yeah. Um, I have had the opportunity to host um, shows for Bulldog Profiles for new teachers, and I've had uh, the opportunity to host a really cool show during COVID, talking to community members when we did COVID Corner. Right. We're called, we're called. Um, <laughs> so that's my favorite title of the oh show. Um, but I would say some of my favorite memories are being on the on the telethon yeah. uh, and hosting uh, a segment on the telethon. And I was never brave enough to be the person in the middle chair. That was always Wendy Cassens because yeah. when you're in the middle chair, Gary is yelling at you through your earpiece mm-hmm. to make sure that you know when to cut in to commercial right. i could always hear gary through wendy's earpiece <laughs> but yeah. um that's been my favorite part and and uh we did a game show this year which was yeah. really cool yeah. um so i've just had a really cool opportunity to work with gary as um you know a member of what he's doing in the studio not just as a, a colleague but letting him produce me Callie is a gifted host fun. there's no doubt about it thanks gary he's really good I appreciate that. The gift of gab. Did you hear that? I'm a gifted host. She I'm gonna, she's, I'm, so, she's excellent. I'm going to... Um, I mean, you really could... I might add it to my signature line, my email. <laughs> I really could what? I mean, you really c- you could have a career in... in, in I really tel- could. I've uh, been trying to get Gary to connect me with the right people for yeah, a long time. Maybe now that he's retiring, he'll have time push to get me the more. show that I deserve, Gary. No, but you are really talented. Thanks, on, I appreciate it. You really are. It's I appreciate great. that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to bring you back to produce more of these What's Up RV Gary's going to be my special project. Producer. Hello. Okay. That could be dangerous. Okay. <laughs> parameters. Yeah, right. there are Very no, strict there parameters. Are no parameters. No, there are no parameters. Right. We're producing shows for a special audience. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Just the laughs um, for memories for me. Um, just Gary's sense of humor and uh, just always being willing to shoot you know, different ideas. I'm very out of the box if you don't know me. Um, so I have ideas that come left and right and just, hey, let's do this idea. Let's can we shoot that. What, what was the one on the parking lot? I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. Yes. OK, so if you if you come to RB and it's in the winter in the winter and it, there's, I don't know, two inches or more snow on the ground, right. um, you can expect our teachers to park and our staff to park all over the place. Right. <laughs> And, so, and so, so there was a movie, I think, called The Bird Box right. uh, on Netflix. That's right. And um, mm-hmm. we kind of correlated that with our parking lot scene. Because they were blindfolded in the movie Bird Box. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and that's how it looks like people park. Right. So we, we did a, we shot some, some footage about us trying to park our vehicle and coming into the parking lot in the winter and trying to find a space within the lines to park in. Because that's funny. Y- you, you have to, it's like a slalom ski slope in there and you have to like navigate your way through all the cars without hitting anyone and so that was a, that was a great production it was fun it was a lot of fun and then and the crossing guard shows were good too and i uh always wanted to bring that back again because that was really fun it was a kind of a reality show out with the parking patrol or <laughs> no 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 the, the crossing guard but yeah right, yeah it was fun yeah so gosh five or six years ago we started um really i 
don't know, I guess moving forward more into like crossing positions and having taking our jobs into traffic control. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that at first, you know, cause we had a smaller security staff, we wanted to, you know, show force out there with, from the administration. So it was myself and Mr. Dugatti and Mr. Sibley, the deans show a force, Mr. Dugatti. And that sounds scary. It is scary. Trying to figure out our traffic pattern, yeah. which is insane. Cause you have, uh, zoo traffic um and staff and students and parent drop-offs all coming in one lane and it's all all sense of like uh decorum or like rules of the road go out the window i mean i saw mr dugetti almost fly over a few cars (laughs) swiping past him out there sure and and so to get that perspective i think was great it was great Mm -hmm. timing it was it was it was uh needed at the time as well And, and i think that opened some eyes to kind of what's going on out there and, and to reinforce some safety um, measures and things like that. And now we have Riverside PD out there, which is great yeah. uh, to help us out. But prior to that, we did not. And um, so, yeah, that was a great perspective there. I think one of my other favorite memories, I mean, we could talk about the COVID, you know, shots and things like that that we've done. But the one outside, I think it might have been a welcome, freshman welcome video. Was oh, God, outside. are you talking about the polar bear video? That's not suitable for radio audience. It's audiences. not suitable for radio, but I just think, Oh, I, know, yes, I remember that. Right? In the courtyard, yes, right? Oh, yes. I, just think the, I need to go find that footage. There's some footage on Dr. Smetana's cell phone, I think, too, because when... Let's just... Let me... I'll try to describe it in a suitable for programming way. Uh, we were shooting... I think you're right. Some sort of welcome video, and Dave and I were in it, and we have a courtyard um, on our, you know, in our first floor in the middle of our building. And there's a polar bear. I don't know the story of the polar bear, where it came from or why it was there and different. It, it was part of that Chicago, like, uh, how they, I forgot what they called that when they put those things around the city. Okay, yes. I think I know a, what you mean. Yeah, there's I don't a know name what for it was that. called either. Yeah. Something. Okay. Yeah. It was something. And so we got a polar bear. And it's Dave and I trying to... Uh, give a welcome message standing with the polar bear and not really being able to get through it because right. of the laughter. There's some distractions. There, there's some distra- <laughs> Dave was, Dave least. was very distracted. I, mean, I that think day. I really laughed really hard. That I mean, I, we, yes. I mean, we were just tears. Really, yes, I was, saw it. I think that's the hardest I've ever seen. Kristen Smetana laugh I mean, it, <laughs> uh, for sure. It was in the summer. Yeah, so yeah, it was, that's wow. my, that was I, Dave a hundred percent. I was thinking that was one of my favorite memories. Is the polar bear the polar bear tape? Gary definitely looked for that. Video. I don't know where that is. I got to look for that. Yeah, that was funny. There, you have two days left, Gary. Yeah, Find right. that video there's before a, you leave. You know, there's been a lot of videos over the years that um, have gone missing, only because um, you know the, the the climate is a little different today than it was back in the '80s sure. and in the '90s, and so we've had to pull some things. Sure. Um, just because. <laughs> You know, if they got it. If oh, yeah, absolutely. In the 80s and the 70s. I mean, they smoked on live TV there, right? When they were doing the news. Oh, sure so you can did, only yeah. imagine right. what some of the, you know, you watch those uh, game show network, the old game shows that oh, were yeah. on in the 70s. Like there. Hollywood game? Absolutely. Or yeah. match or game. Match game. Yeah. Uh, it was a great show. They still hold up. Yes, they, they, still, do, they still do hold they still up. hold up. Yes, right. a young Betty White on match game is still <laughs> as good as it was. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Yeah, and so um, not to conclude this podcast but to kind of get, get some conclusion to it i think uh gary from where you started um to where we're at now uh gosh and going through the decades of advancement of technology rb is set it's set for um the infrastructures here uh, the technologies here and students can as we've seen take um 
what you have provided and simply move into career paths. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and you've created those opportunities for students. And as educators, that gives me goosebumps to hear, man. So Thank I you. appreciate all your work. Thank you. Um, it's been a good what, ride. It's been a good ride. Uh, Gary, what are, what's you know something that's super memorable to you? I mean, we could talk about favorite moments with you, and mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how difficult it would be to pare it down. But what's been no. some of the what's been some of your favorite memories? Well, I think you mentioned one of them earlier uh, during the telephones. Yes. Because uh, I was, when I pitched that idea back in 1989, uh, they, I got looked at like, what are you, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do telephones at the high school. And I said, well, I think it would be a good experience for the students to do something. And that was like our first live thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and it was behind the scenes it was a nightmare yeah. to try to pull that off because we did it out of the library. Oh, my god! So the whole telethon, the entertainment. Everyone was in the library. Everybody was in the library. Oh, wow. And then we were running the cables down the halls and, and try to get it. Anyway, so I thought, you know, and I said, well, I think this would be, I think we can do this. And they said, well, we need a vehicle in which to raise the money for. And that's when uh, we got the RBEF on board because the they had Foundation. just started. They were like a year old. And they were looking at ways to raise money. And so we put the two together, and then we've been their support mechanism all, all these years. But that was, that was a um, sort of a dream, and then it became reality because I didn't th- think we were going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of fun. So that's, a, that's, a, and that's held up all these years. So that's been really fun to see, and we've raised tons of cash you know, for, for, the, for, this, for, for the foundation, and in turn that gets back into the school. And then, um, I don't know, um, it's hard to single out any one, you know, particular show. We did, we, when we ever, we did an A-list show mm-hmm. with a, with a very high profile, uh, TV personality or radio personality, there was always a, an excitement in the school when sure. we were doing that because they were, they were coming to the school, they were being checked in downstairs and, uh, that was always a lot of fun. It always brought another level of anxiety and excitement yeah. uh, to the, to the studio and, and to the students. So those were always fun. We haven't done those in a while. I think we've exhausted most of the, the people that the are really, really locals, to come out here. Sure. Yeah. So those are kind of fun. Um, and I also, we did a series with, um, a local, um, antique dealer called Backstage Antiques, and um, that um, parlayed into a um, an exclusive interview with a local glass artist, and his name is Michael Higgins. Michael and Francis Higgins are actually extremely uh, well-established uh, '60s glass uh, people, and we I was able to get into his. Um, uh, studio. In, yeah. It was in Riverside at the time. Yeah. And these people are like world-renowned glass artists. And I was in, able to get in there and interview both Michael and Francis, and they showed the process of how they're making this glass oh, wow. and stuff. And that was really an, uh, a very unique and uh, kind of exclusive experience. And I really thought that was really amazing. And their glass goes for many, 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 many thousands of dollars wow. online, and they're both dead. So we actually have the only television interview with these two glass artists, um, and we just recently started selling the DVDs wow. we, uh, on, on eBay, um, and a lot of people have been buying them. And uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's a very unique situation. It wouldn't have happened if this wasn't all here. Yeah. Yeah. 
None of this would have happened if you weren't here. <laughs> I think yeah, well, that's true. The ultimate exclusive experience is having been a part of RBTV when Gary Brooks was here. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm just looking at all the records and CDs behind you and wondering what you're going to do with the Genesis uh, 45. It's, it's next I to I might you. go missing, too. Maybe. Dave's going to take that Genesis uh, 45. Take whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, actually, some really there's old Beatles albums in there, too. So if you're a Beatles fan, there's the first issue. Those were donated. So, you know, over the years, people just donate stuff to the yes. you, you guys may want these things or whatever. So we've gotten record donations over the years like crazy. Yeah. Um, big collections. You get all kinds of stuff donated, vases and paintings and well, art. And well, that's another thing that was kind of cool, uh, not to draw this out any longer, but there was a, um, a gallery in Plainfield that was going out of business and offered the RBEF or me the entire contents of the gallery. Wow. Yeah. And they said, you can have all this for your fundraising. Yeah. So many Saturdays with many kids, <laughs> I spent in the gallery packing things up. And uh, so all that is here, and we've, they, they use it occasionally uh, to uh, supplement uh, the telethon premiums and stuff like that. But literally tens of thousands of dollars yeah. in, in stuff is packed away in my in closet all over the building all over the building yes including a full-size <laughs> coffin so that's in one of those what yes we have a full-size real coffin over by studio b on storage um and that was for a kid's project i i called the local funeral home oh my <laughs> okay. god right huh? whatever all they could do is say no right and so I called look and I said, you know, I'm looking for a coffin. I don't care if it's scratched. I don't care if it's broken. I don't care if, you know, whatever. He says, I'll send one over. Oh, my God. So we have <laughs> who, a was on, who was on shipping and receiving the I day that who, bad boy I don't know rolled who, up? I think maybe J.R. went and got it. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> oh sure. But it's in storage. And it's, it's a beautiful wooden full-size coffin that we use for a part of a show. And, uh, yeah, it's sitting over in Studio B Storage. When you leave, yeah. Gary, is there going to be a treasure map somewhere that leads to, or are we just, do we just have you'll, to find them? You'll find things you here and there. Just find them here yeah. and there, and yeah. that's the, well, that will always keep you close to our hearts. Well, the one thing I am a little concerned about is all the stuff that families have donated over the years uh, that are, are school artifacts, more or less. Yeah. So we have a lot of that documented in, in storage, and we've been bringing it out and putting it on display. Yes, I noticed that. And we're developing a new uh, display case downstairs uh, by the old... By the Alumni Lounge. Yeah, by Alumni Lounge. Yep. And that's not quite done yet. So hopefully somebody will see these things through. Yes. Um, because, Dave will do it. Oh, thanks, Dave. <laughs> He's writing so, it down right now, everyone. He's writing yeah. it down. So there are some things like that. And people come and look. People, you know, I, yeah. I just I just had somebody call and say, well, we want to come by and look at the blah, 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 blah. I said, well, we can't get there right now because it's under slight construction right. down that hallway there. Um, so the, the, it is a, a little bit of an attraction, um, and, but there's a lot of stuff in, in my closet here out of, off my office that have just really cool things in there that need to come out and, and yes. get showcased. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate your efforts with that. Um, that's one thing that you have been is like the inner historian at historian, RB. Yep. Um, you look at the the hallway just down the hall from RBTV, and you started. I mean, you took bricks from Shuey Stadium, and uh, I think a couple marching band, maybe uh, uniforms, and some other things that you've you've put on display. And when our alumni come through here, which happens you know every year. Um, they, they love seeing that stuff. Yeah. Um, I was just working with the class in 1960 on a sculpture uh, that's in the front of our main entrance, and um, they really wanted something to be dedicated to 
uh, those in their class and not only their class, but class of 2020, 21, and even last year's class, 22 and 23, um, just to document kind of COVID and uh, just have something for them to come back to. And so having pieces like that displayed, uh, it just brings the sense of community back into uh, the culture of the, the building. So right. So, yeah, because we're how old? We're, we're 1918 was the first graduating class, I think it is. So, yeah, there's a lot of history. A lot, a lot of history, of history yeah. in this community and in the school, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and I go back to real quick, um, you know, learning about RB and its history, and I think you've documented it really well, too. Um, and without your efforts, I don't. I think that history might have been lost. And you did a, a video series on it, not too long ago. Right. And what I, you know, in reading and then watching your your clips and your videos, uh, our Riverside in Brookfield really was a utopia mm-hmm. back then um, in the 40s and the 30s, and and everyone wanted to come here. Yeah. Um. And to to have that history like gone and and not re- represented here or um, even shown. I think is, is a missed opportunity. So the the fact that you took multiple hours to do that um, is is fantastic, and it's something that will be here. Um, and I and I and I hope that listeners take go back to our website and, and see some of that those videos to just kind of like review the history of, of what this place is. Well, yeah. Well, one of the one of the things I, I think about is um, so I've been here for thirty seven years. So you have a thirty seven year uh, video library of what was happening here in the community and in the school. I mean, you've got all that 37 years well, very well documented. And if there was anything that anybody ever wanted to know what it was like in the late 70s, early 80s, and through today, yeah. you know, it's all documented on video. And there's interviews with community members, there's interview with staff members, all that stuff is in the archives and all documented. And it's a really interesting look at like 100 years from now, if they want to know what was happening, you know, during this time period, right. it's very well documented, both within and outside the school. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's <laughs> what's up, RB. That's, <laughs> fade to that's black. The, that's the legacy, right? That's the uh, when you use the word legacy. I mean, that's that's what it is. That's that's leaving a mark on a place that's forever changed. Uh, you know, because you were there. That's Gary. That's me. Influence. Thank you. Educator. Innovator. Creator, historian. Oh, dot wow. dot dot. It's a lot of hats. Dot dot. Yeah. Dot dot dot. I use that a lot in my in my email. And your journey's yes. not over, and, and and we hope to uh, see you back here. But I'm glad that you came in and provided us an opportunity to hear, um, you know, kind of like your perspective on your career. A little backstory. Here. Yeah, I like the backstory. <laughs> I like the backstory. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. Okay. We've enjoyed working with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Same. It's been fun. Thank you. I've enjoyed it 100. percent Leave it at that. Leave it at that. That's what's up, RB. That's what's up, RB. Good night. Bye. Bye.